You're tuned in to the Nonprofit Chatter, brought to you by Nonprofit Pro with our friends at Pursuant. New T and Taylor Shanklin are getting real and sitting down with nonprofit leaders to chatter about issues affecting nonprofits today. Be sure to subscribe to us in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss these conversations with your nonprofit peers. And check us out on the web at nonprofitpro.com slash podcast slash nonprofit hyphen chatter. Welcome to the Nonprofit Chatter Podcast, hosted by me, New T, Editor-in-Chief of Nonprofit Pro. And me, Taylor Shanklin, VP of Marketing at Pursuant. The Nonprofit Chatter will give you an insider's look on the most pressing challenges facing nonprofit leaders and fundraisers today. And we're going to talk about how nonprofits can overcome those challenges. In each episode, we'll engage in invigorating conversation with industry leaders and find out what tools and tactics nonprofits need in their repertoire to help their vision become a reality. So in episode number 16 of the Nonprofit Chatter, we're going to talk about setting the stage to give donors a positive digital experience. In this episode, we are joined by Sue Citro, Chief Experience Officer at Best Friends Animal Society, and Whitney Norman, Director of Client Solutions at Pursuant. Hey, Sue and Whitney Taylor here. Thanks so much for joining us on this nonprofit chatter. New, I can't believe we've been doing this for 16 episodes now. I mean, I feel like this is some like sweet 16 episodes. This is pretty cool. I know. Um, it's been <laughs> an amazing ride, and it's gone by really fast. It has. It has. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Today, we're excited to talk with you, Sue and Whitney, about digital donor experiences. How are you both doing today? Hi, Taylor. It's Sue. I'm doing great. Happy to be with you today. Well, hey there, Taylor. Hey, Neil. Thank you both for having us. Excited to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. All right. Let's get right into it. Sue, I'd like to, first off, Chief Experience Officer. I think that's... uh, an amazing title, especially as we talk about digital experiences today. Um, So can you tell us a little bit more about Best Friends and what you guys are doing there just to give our listeners a little bit of a background on your organization? Sure. The, The mission of Best Friends Animal Society is to bring about a time when there are no more homeless pets. And we do this by helping to end the killing in America's shelters through building community programs, through partnerships with rescues and shelters, um, working nationally across the country. And my role as chief experience officer is to bring together all of our front facing functions from people visiting the Best Friends Sanctuary in Kanab, Utah, um, staying at some of our lodging that's there, um, or a new, I would, the most pet-friendly hotel, we believe, uh, that's there now, the Roadhouse, uh, to everything with our donors, our adopters, um, visitors, and volunteers in our life-saving center. So how we can make sure that those experiences are able to help people connect with their passion of helping animals and help us get to the point where by 2025, we take the country no kill. I love it. Well, Whitney and I we're both big animal lovers and we're both big digital experience lovers. So all of this is coming together very well today. Um, So let's get right into it. Let's talk about how to create positive online experiences. It is increasingly more and more important for organizations in this age of just total digital transformation right now that we're in. 
for people who are listening that might be thinking like, well, what is a good digital experience? What does that entail? And why should my organization care so much about it now? Sue, what would you have, um, what kind of advice would you have for those people who are sitting here listening to this and thinking about how they can create a good digital experience? Sure. Well, you know, I think most people nowadays, we all live on our phones, whether we mean to or not. Um, and I, I think it's important to not think of digital experiences as something, you know, totally different. It's just part of our everyday life now. We live on our phones, we turn and talk to people in real life, we go back and text, you know, and that's really what I think is some of the beauty of how the digital and mobile and social channels can help your brand, help your nonprofit, help the mission that people are connecting with that your organization has be there in different parts of someone's day and someone's life. And what we do is try to think about what it is that the digital channel can bring to a person's experience with best friends, whether they're a donor, an adopter, a visitor, um, how we can help there be more self-service um, so if we're not there or it's the middle of the night, someone can do what it is they're trying to do. Maybe they're trying to donate. Maybe they're trying to figure out when they can come to the sanctuary and go on a tour. Um, and that we're trying to figure out ways we can better communicate the impact that all of our supporters are helping us have and feel like they're part of the work that we're doing. And I think those are two things the digital channel really lends itself so well to organizations to help provide to their supporters. Yeah, I think what I would add to that, and one thing I really appreciate that you called out, Sue, is that you all are doing a really great job of meeting people where they are. When you talk about self-service, I mean, the true benefit of this digital transformation and the age of, of, you know, the space that we live in right now is this sense of convenience and ease. And I think oftentimes the age of digital transformation can feel really intimidating for a lot of organizations because... Candidly, donors expect their digital philanthropic experience to kind of keep pace with the trends they're seeing on the consumer side, right? So anticipating their needs and surprising and delighting whenever we can. Uh, so for a lot of organizations, it's, you know, how do we match what the Amazon gorilla is doing? It's, it's so incredible. Um, but I think in kind of the simplest terms, what sets this experience apart for our organization is that the digital experience in the consumer space is really interactional. It's a transaction. It's kind of a one-time thing. Um, whereas in our world, that digital donor experience is kind of the sum of all interactions that a person has with your organization, whether it's email or rich video content or social media or ads, your website, um, branded or non-branded search, social listening, whatever that is, it's an opportunity to engage in what feels like a more personal way. And so I think one thing, um, just to kind of echo what Sue said, to think about in creating that digital experience is obviously a sense of continuity and cohesion across all of your channels, but more importantly, ensure that you're creating seamless pathways to giving and engagement. So that point of connection is really, really easy to attain for your donors, regardless of the channel or entry point that they have. Um, so I think there's a lot of great opportunity in a more cost-effective and scalable environment in the digital space for nonprofits to start taking advantage of. Yeah, I like what you said, Whitney. I mean, personal. I think, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this too, like how the digital space can really feel communal and, you know, creating an, an online community around your cause. Can I give you all a story? I mean, it relates back to animal shelters. Um, of course. I, 
I adopted a dog in December. He's a beagle, too, and he's an escape artist. Apparently, beagles are escape artists, and I didn't know this. And he gets out, and it was funny, the, the animal shelter in my area where we adopted him from uh, is active in a local Facebook group that helps to, you know, find lost pets and get them back to their owners. And so I didn't even know about this group, but they were connected in that group, in that Facebook group. So he gets out, somebody, you know, picks him up, posts a picture of him to this group, and someone at the shelter sees it and says, oh, hey, that's Louie. And then they called me. And so it's uh, it was an interesting story when I think about the kind of work that I do in my, you know, work day, and then think about uh, nonprofits and how we actually really like engage in these digital channels. And it was one where like it kind of came full circle. We're just having this community of digital engagement helped me find my dog. Very cool. I love so that. So anyhow, <laughs> just well, a little personal story. <laughs> well, I love hearing about your your beagle. He sounds adorable. Um, and I, I think that's such a great story because you're messing with the digital space as well as the real life space, right? Of, of your dog in real life got out of your yard. And I think that is what experience is about today. I, I almost don't know that people always see the blurring between online and offline. And I think we're just having these experiences with these amazing tools that can make connections happen in real time, like what happens so your dog could get back home faster than maybe some of the ways we would have helped to facilitate a, a lost pet, you know, a few years back. So I, I love right. seeing that. I think that's where the magic happens when all those channels come together. And to some of what Whitney was saying, because I think sometimes this can feel really intimidating if you're not the most, you know, tech savvy or gadget person, you can start small and you can look for just moments where you can use email or a video or live stream, you know, on Facebook to show something so people can connect with your mission and your organization and the work you're doing. Feel like they have a backstage pass into what it's like when um, an animal comes in, you know, thinking about your beagle when he or she is lost and and what does that look like as we're trying to find his family um and just those little moments where people can see something or experience something that maybe they otherwise wouldn't and i think i think that's what's the beauty is of really thinking about digital experiences and how they can enhance and mesh with our our real life experience yeah exactly it all comes together and there's these little micro moments that you have on digital and when they mesh with the real life and the offline it's just it's a great mix for that that full picture of what the experience is with your organization. So let's talk a little bit about Best Friends and how you guys have grown your following online. So I know you've worked really hard to earn a great reputation when it comes to having a great digital experience. Sue, can you share a little bit about that journey, what, what it took to get there, and um, any big lessons learned along the way? A lot of times... I hear from folks that say, well, at Best Friends, you have amazing photographers and you have a sanctuary with 1,600 animals in the red rocks and juniper trees of one of the most beautiful states in the country. And so, of course, you're going to have people online watching cat videos and looking at your photos. And we do. Our Instagram, it, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, 
But I think the magic that Best Friends has really embraced and used it to grow our following and, and build a, a real community has been in focusing on the storytelling, really telling the authentic story of the animals in our care, making sure that we're reporting back impact. And also as we're doing this, especially with social media, to think of it not as a place where we're just gonna put out you know, the latest gala photos or the latest press release, but thinking about it as a two-way conversation. So if we're posting about an animal we're so excited when someone says, hey, I volunteered at the sanctuary today and I got to hang out with Peter the dog and he really is that cute. I mean, we, we think of that as, that's for us as success when we're having that kind of engagement from people and we're able to have a two-way two or three-way or multiple-way you know, conversation and really engage our fans and followers in our work um, and, and just in our life-saving mission. And it could be, anything from um, helping us pick the cover for our annual calendar to um, helping us find volunteers to transport animals and everything in between. And I think really thinking of the internet, you know, even though there are trolls out there, but thinking of the internet as friends and wanting to have a conversation with them. And I think that's helped us as we focused on storytelling and wanting to invite people into our mission and into our work that's really helped us create what i think is an authentic community um, where people are able to connect with their their passion and love for animals and and help us achieve this mission which we're working to do by 2025. yeah i think a couple of things you said authentic community whitney i know that you've got a lot of experience as well in creating that two-way dialogue um, in the digital realm mm -hmm. with organizations you've worked with do you have any additional things to layer on to that i think what sue said is just so true in today's world yeah yeah i absolutely agree and you know i'll even say as a donor and fan of of best friends because you know i'm a utah resident and an animal lover so you all check lots of boxes for me um best friends does a great job of actually taking the time to understand who their audience is and building a journey catered to their ideal experience and that is so true to sue's point in the stories that they tell because they are compelling they you know are definitely meaningful to the audience that's receiving them um and really pull on sort of those emotional but also practical elements of mission impact that matter to me as a donor um and so i think kind of that initial component of just understanding your donors and what stories are going to compel them and drive them to take action is is so important and the digital space really lends itself to listen and have that two-way dialogue so that you can start engaging and creating strategy that is more tailored around who your donors are um, i know in our experience working with organizations of, of all sizes across gosh, nearly every, mar every uh, market segment, one constant that we see is that digital engagement and you know even online conversion really thrives when we can engage supporters in the space as our friends. So when Sue talks about that two-way conversation, that is so real. This is our opportunity to listen to what compels our supporters, our audience, our community, our community and apply those insights to be able to support ongoing conversion um, another thing that I'll call out that I think Best Friends does really well and that we really advocate for with the organizations that we partner with 
is to find the right balance in your communication. And especially in the digital space where you really should have kind of a two to one in terms of what your touches are focused on. And what I mean by that is the touches that you have with this audience should be weighted more towards stewardship and cultivation and building awareness of the impact of your organization than solicitation. Because obviously the gifts will follow when people are moved by the impact of your work. So start to think about the balance that you strike in terms of the cadence of your communication um, and how much is geared towards cultivating and stewarding versus actual ask. So that an individual's digital journey and experience is just as focused, if not more, on building that relationship with you as it is on on giving, because those things will follow. So what does a nonprofit do who listens to all of this and is thinking, that's great, but I feel completely lost. Like, how do I even just get started, right? I need, I know I need to build out my digital brand and I know I need to create those engagement pathways and understand my donors as both of you have talked about. Sue, how would you recommend someone get started? What should they focus on first? We've, we've talked a, a bit today about engagement and I, I do think that is in many respects one of the starting points because people are connecting with you because of their passion, because of their commitment to the work that your organization does. Um, because they wanna be more involved. And I, I think if you're just getting started, an easy way to do that is to ask people why they care and what is it about your work that makes that, that draws them to it. And I think as you get people telling you their stories and engaging that way, you start to see things, you start to generate additional stories and content ideas. So that work of, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to keep a blog going or how do I keep the Instagram feed fresh? You, you start to be able to have the voice of your community and your supporters as, as part of that. And I think you also start to see where you can focus, um, what impact you can demonstrate that might be the most compelling or, or help you grow faster. So we think a lot about engagement because we're doing this work with all of our supporters and donors and visitors and volunteers and advocates and their voices are, are part of that chorus that, you know, inspire us and, and keep us going every day. And digital just lends itself so well for you to start having more, more voices in your work. And I think as you collect those stories and think about additional ways to engage your supporters, um, you'll start to find a, a path forward to build out that um, digital channel or program or whatever it might be that you're you're wrestling with a little bit. Yeah, what I love about what you just said, Sue, is too really thinking about the strong stories and resources that you already have available to you that you're building from. I think you know oftentimes the the first thing I'll say to someone who's just getting started is you don't have to do it all. Don't try to do it all. <laughs> there are so many channels and platforms out there and we see folks wanting to have you know a, a really strong voice on facebook and instagram and twitter and blogs and all these all these noisy platforms that can be out there and oftentimes you spread yourself thin and instead of being able to really be really really impactful and dig in deep 
and one or two of those channels, you're kind of just skimming the surface on nine or 10 of them. So, you know, don't, don't try to do it all, um, especially not right out of the gate. Follow, follow what Sue is saying and really identify where you have some of those strong stories and amplifiers and ambassadors of your mission that you can really equip to be, um, you know, your, your amplifiers in the digital space and, and be able to grow from there. I think obviously what we're talking about in terms of engagement is that experience is the most powerful catalyst for action and for change. And nowhere is that more apparent than in the digital space. And so by first listening and understanding your donors, um, you can inf that can inform what their desired experience is gonna be as your audience. And so, you know, I would consider sort of gradually testing into some of those strategies, consider um, smaller digital campaigns with maybe a listening component. So whether that's a, uh, a survey where you can get to know your folks a little bit better in the digital space, if you can do some interactive social listening. Um, for those that may not be aware, when you do interactive social listening, you get to create some awareness around organic conversations taking place in the social channels to inform some strategy. Um, other things to consider could be really navigating some of your accessible influencers. So those who are already supporting you, who are warm and close to you, um, start identifying individuals with, with kind of within your community who already have extensive networks and audience reach and are already naturally talking about your organization and you can equip them to help be your ambassadors and, and help amplify your, your sort of digital brand and your digital voice. Um, so all that to say, you know, really start with your internal strengths and resources and hone in and focus on the right immediate opportunities for your organization uh, to be able to sort of gradually move into the digital space. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you're so right. Don't don't try to bite it all off in one, you know, big bite at the beginning. You do have to just start small, start start realistic, you know, and, and think through where maybe your greatest um, audience is on those channels and start with one and then iterate and, and try a little bit more. Yeah, Taylor, I definitely agree. And Whitney and Sue, you brought up such great points. Um, starting small is definitely the way to go. Looking at the data, seeing where your donors are, starting with, you know, the first channel, and then once you get the hang of that, you gradually add the next. And I think that is the best advice you could give to nonprofits who are just trying to branch out and start thinking about digital donor experiences. And so we talked about a lot today, but I wanted to take a second here and point out some really key things that I heard throughout the conversation that really stood out to me. Um, in the beginning, we talked about, you know, what the digital experience is. And Sue, you really highlighted it in a very cohesive way, um, which is when you think about the, the digital experience for donors, you want it to do two things. You think about what that digital experience brings to donors. What's the value that it's giving them? And it also gives the nonprofit a better way to communicate its impact with donors. So you're kind of opening up the dialogue and meeting people where they are. And in today's world, it's online. Um, and then you went into you know the social media aspect of it. And typically, when we're on social media, it's getting a bad rap because it's a lot of, of people just showing off what they have but I think for nonprofits it presents a unique opportunity for not to not just brag about what you're doing or how much you raised but using it 
as a two-way dialogue with supporters and building an authentic community. And I love the way you kind of frame that. And finally, Whitney, um, you said something really excellent um, a little while ago about finding the right balance in communications. Um, And you recommended doing a two-to-one. Weighted on more toward cultivation stewardship versus just having it all solicitation because I think that might turn donors off if it's all solicitations and you want it to be more cultivating donors and building relationships and engaging donors and then the donations will follow after. So really awesome stuff. I love it. Um, So that about wraps it up for today's episode. I want to thank our listeners for listening on today's episode. And Sue and Whitney, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me and Taylor today on the Nonprofit Chatter and sharing your insights on digital experiences. Thank you, Neil. It's been lots of fun being here. Yes, yeah, been great discussion. Nice connecting with everybody today. Yeah, thanks, so. So on behalf of Nonprofit Pro and Pursuant, we will see you on the next episode of the Nonprofit Chatter. Have a great day.